0: If you think back to a year ago, when the pandemic was in its infancy, people were hoarding. Hand sanitizer, canned goods, paper towels. And while that sort of evened out as the pandemic wore on, what did not go away was people's need for data. I recently read an article that said in the final quarter of 2020, the average American household had 10 connected devices devouring nearly 500 gigabytes of data, which was a noteworthy uptick from previous quarters. And my initial thought was, well, of course, everyone needs the internet. Everyone is working and schooling from home. But think about this. This was nine months into the pandemic. At that point, shouldn't we have been leveling off if not decreasing our data consumption? Why the increase? I think that what we are seeing manifested in and masquerading as data is our need for connection. On this episode of Think Significantly, we will be discussing the paradox of how we are more connected than ever thanks to technology, yet simultaneously more isolated from one another. Hello, I'm Melissa, and I'm joined by my formidable co-host, Pete.
1: Hello
2: everyone, I'm excited to be here with you to dive into this topic. I think it's gonna be a truly interesting conversation.
0: As always Pete, as always. So let's first define connection. I'm going to say that connection is the experience of oneness. That connection is the opposite of oneness. It is that feeling of belonging to something greater than oneself, of being plugged into that larger contingent.
2: Right the the way we develop that feeling of oneness as you said is by having shared experiences with others and having similar ideas and feelings to them. When you've got a connection with someone you're almost always happy to hear from them and you're concerned about their well-being.
0: So as the resident introvert here out of us both I would like to make a very <laughs> important distinction that there is a difference between aloneness and loneliness mm-hmm. because there is definitely solitude and then there is loneliness which is where our interpersonal relationships do not measure up to what we desire
2: yeah that's exactly right and i'd like to add that there's a flip side to that you can be lonely without being alone if you find yourself surrounded by people that you don't have a genuine connection with you can feel very isolated or lonely Mm -hmm. some of the things that can be confused for true connection are transactional relationships which are relationships based on some benefit provided to one another And these could be personal or they could be professional in nature, but the defining trait is really that you're more interested in what the other person can do for you than you are in the person themselves.
0: Oh yes. The old parasite host. I'm familiar.
2: Mm, Yeah, exactly. One other thing, one other type of relationship that shouldn't be confused with connection is an online relationship, which is one where you meet someone online and communicate exclusively through type messaging. Mm -hmm. There are so many barriers to communication through technology that it's nearly impossible to achieve a genuine connection with someone without meeting them in person.
0: Okay, so I feel like I wanna challenge you on this because I don't know that I agree. If we are defining connection as a feeling of belonging to something greater than oneself, isn't it possible that I could find connection and say, oh, a niche group that only meets online, but that I have a lot in common with. Mm -hmm. What about like a grief group or a sober living group or a Mm -hmm. training for Mm -hmm. a triathlon? group can't
2: that be connection okay so i think what you're referring to is actually community instead of connection Mm -hmm. um finding a group of like-minded people is one of the best uses for the internet uh, and social media in my opinion and you can certainly find a community to be a part of whether it's rock climbing or cryptozoology or whatever but what we're talking about is connection having a close relationship with another person
0: i feel seen when you mention rock climbing and cryptozoology thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh,
2: cryptozoology yeah. i'm sure
0: yeah absolutely um yeah I'm, <laughs> bored. I'm the admin on that one um yes well okay so the way you put it i understand what you're saying um and i'm wondering if is it is impossible that there is some form of a continuum here or maybe a hierarchy connection mm-hmm. that maybe the community is like this running start towards connection De- definitely something i'm going to ponder but but I'd like to get back to connection and definitely why it's so important because I, I know you have thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely do. Not, um, so it's important because not having a circle of people with whom you share a genuine connection can have negative impacts on your life. I believe that. In fact, uh, there's a study that Pew did in 2018 that found a link between loneliness and dissatisfaction with some aspect of one's life, either family, social, or, or in their community. Mm -hmm. Um, What they found was that about 28% of those dissatisfied with their family life feel lonely a majority of the time. Now this is compared with just 7% that said they felt lonely while being satisfied with their family. When they focus on the respondents' social life, the results showed that while only 5% of people who are happy felt lonely frequently, the number shoots up to a whopping 26% for those that feel like their social lives aren't satisfying. So a full quarter of people that think that their social lives are lacking in some way,
0: mm-hmm.
2: think that they are lonely most or all of the time.
0: I find that interesting. I'm, and I'm wondering, of course, is it dissatisfaction with particular areas of life that leads to feelings of loneliness? Or is it loneliness that makes us dissatisfied no. with parts of life?
1: Sure. Is, no.
0: I've definitely been in that space where i'm just not feeling it and then i'm just not feeling it no matter if i'm out with people or you know um but i'm also thinking it could be something entirely else that's driving reported feelings of loneliness and isolation there is always that omitted variable bias um that, that could be at work here so I'm right sure. and, I,
2: and i don't think we're going to get to the bottom of that during this podcast <laughs> but what we do know is that connection is integral to the human conditions. We're, we're built to be social.
0: I am with you on that. We are absolutely social creatures for sure.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you agree because research also supports that. Studies show that loners die earlier and get sicker before dying. In fact, Surgeon General Murthy stated that loneliness has such a significant impact on health that he feels there should be targeted campaigns similar to those used to combat smoking obesity, AIDS, uh, or promoting immunizations and physical activity.
0: I'm wondering what the print ad looks like That for that. How, what does <laughs> that campaign even look like? Get Don't a friend? I Really, yeah. you know, like, how do you encourage people to forge connections? Uh, <laughs> I'm probably getting too in the weeds on this. I'm probably not going to be on their task force anytime soon, but I understand the gist. The Surgeon General is saying it is that big of a problem.
2: <laughs> totally. It absolutely is. Loneliness also correlates to increases in depression, dementia, and other mental health issues. And get ready to be amazed. Perceived chronic loneliness can actually weaken our immune systems. Essentially, feeling lonely causes stress and inflammation which triggers our immune response, and over time ends up weakening it to combating conventional disease and illnesses.
0: So I just—it's not even that I have to be lonely; it's that I have to perceive that I'm lonely.
2: Isn't that amazing?
0: That that really is amazing, and and it was disturbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um This this actually reminds me of a book that I read not too long ago. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to tip my hat to you because the book was entitled "The Village Effect: uh-huh. How Face-to-Face Contact Can Make Us Healthier and Happier." So. Okay, okay, point for Pete saying you know, <laughs> can't be online. I'll take it, um, I'll take points yeah. where I can get them. But uh, the author, Susan Pinker, she said something that I ended up writing down an index card because I was like, whoa, like you just have those moments where you're like, that really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. She said, if our big brains evolved to interact, loneliness would be an early warning system, a built-in alarm that sent a biological signal to members who had somehow become separated from the group like this warning, warning, you know, to sort of like tie you back in. So sure. I thought that was interesting. And I also have to make the point here that I feel like we have sort of morphed loneliness with lack of connection. I mean, mm-hmm. we started off talking about lack of connection and now we are like, that's loneliness. And we are starting to use these two things interchangeably. It, we are totally having this Lord of the Flies moment where Sam and Eric becomes Sameric and you're like, <laughs> who the hell is this? Uh, Anyways, I digress. So, my question to you: If if this is so integral to us, why aren't we making this our business?
2: Well, unfortunately, just as being social is part of the human experience, so is experiencing trauma. Trauma damages the psyche and prevents integration into a happy and healthy life.
0: Okay, so you have to define trauma for me because I can't get NCIS and blunt trauma like out of my head here. And that's probably not what you're talking about.
2: No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Not in this case. I mean, that's also trauma, but different. So what we're talking about is anything that scares us and we can't get over that fear. That's when trauma is created. Mm -hmm. When we don't feel like we have the resources or abilities to cope with problems, we create adaptive behaviors to deny it or to avoid it. We don't get over the fear. We're merely stepping over it or, or stepping around it as the case may be.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also have this feeling that uh, when we are seeking connection, we tend to get in our own way. We, mm. we have such a desire to connect and we think that in order to do this, we have to be likable. So we end up sort of overshooting. I just know that I see this on social media where we see connection at the cost of our authenticity. We, we construct that facade and we end up reaching authenticity. We do the opposite of what we're striving to do.
2: Yeah, that's, that's actually a great point about the carefully constructed veneers that so many of us build on social media.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When we try to impress people by artificial means, which, which can be social media, but can also be how we dress, um, you know, our job success, uh, material wealth, uh, just among other things, we may lose sight of who our authentic selves are in the process. And therefore we will only attract others that are in a similar state.
0: Can you tell me what you mean by a similar state?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Um, So if we're not our authentic selves, then we won't attract authentic people, Or, or rather to put it better, we won't be attractive to authentic people.
0: I fully believe that. I a hundred percent and I think when I'm most secure in my own authenticity, that's when I can sort of sniff out other people not mm. being their authentic self. And, sure. I, and I, and I want them to be like, I want to be like, Oh no, this is a safe space. Like it's okay. Like, right. Like Well,
2: because that's how you form connections.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. So let's talk about correcting course here. I'm not gonna put you on the spot or anything, but you're the one pulling out all this research tonight, which I'm like, (laughs) excuse me, what? That's my job.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, okay, so prevailing research, since you mentioned it.
0: Oh, thanks, Pete, great.
2: uh, Says that connection is tied to vulnerability. So what we should do to help foster connection is to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with each other.
0: I would 100% agree with that, yes. I recently was watching a show about reality TV it about it wasn't reality TV. It was about our love of and allure of reality TV. And it said that the reason why those shows are so popular in American culture is because people connect with vulnerability. And I, whereas I would love to believe that means that, you know, we're just seeking solidarity, not that we have a penchant for watching other people fail. Um, It all comes down to it's that idea of not being alone, right? We we just. We, we want to see ourselves in others.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, but that means that we have to ensure that we make safe spaces where we can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's why I included online forums as being a challenging place to form connections earlier. The anonymity, asynchronicity, and invisibility of online communications lead to the loss of inhibitions for many people. And often that leads to online communications being toxic rather than inviting. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry. Anonymity, asynchronicity, synchronicity, invisibility. I feel like you've just given me characteristics of a modern day, not so superhero here, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, okay, slap that on a coffee cup. Um, be,
2: be a big coffee cup.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, have you seen my coffee cup? Hello. <laughs> uh, let, let's be clear here though. I'm going to say though, let, let's draw a distinction. A lack of inhibitions is not the same as being vulnerable. Because a lack of inhibitions probably signals you're using an alternate personality. Yes. Uh, you're using that persona that we use to sort of escape from our reality. Whereas vulnerability is putting our whole selves out there like warts and all. And um, I I know that you're going to get a chuckle when I say this because I tend to say, you know what this reminds me of? But Pete, this reminds me of the Zulu tribe. And of course, they're yeah. greeting of... Go ahead, say
2: it. Sawabona.
0: Yes, that's right. Sawabona. And sawabona literally means I see you, you're important to me, I value you. Because it is that way of making that other person visible and to accept them as they are. When someone puts themselves out there, we could acknowledge their vulnerability for sure.
2: That's a That's a perfect segue. Because as a receiver, when someone is being vulnerable with us, we should stay away from responding in a way that prevents connections, such as, <clears throat> I don't know, giving advice. So you tell me a story and I say, well, what you should do is.
0: I have another one. What about when like people went up you? Like I explain my situation and you're like, oh, wait, that's nothing. Wait, till you hear what happened to me.
2: Right. That's an excellent example. Or, or possibly even storytelling, where instead of really hearing what you're telling me, I'm going to come back with. Well, that reminds me of the time that something similar happened to me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and these these examples all have the effect of turning the focus of the conversation back on us, mm-hmm. which prevents the other person from feeling like they've been seen to use your example
0: hundred percent i'm 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 getting like a visual in my head that we have two parallel things going on here, so we have the leading with our most vulnerable selves, and then we have like the giving space for other people to be vulnerable. It's like a two-track sort of system thing going on here.
2: Yes, yes. We've we've talked about being our authentic selves, and now we're gonna talk about being other-focused.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: and that is what we wanna do is give more attention to what the other person is saying and what they're expressing through their, their nonverbal cues
1: mm-hmm.
2: than we do to what we want to say next or how we're presenting ourselves. So mm-hmm. much of our communication is nonverbal, which is why face to face is the best way to make and build connections.
0: Right. They say I mean, I've heard it before. I don't know how true it is. I, I think there are conflicting schools of thought on this, but I've heard upwards of 70% of communication is nonverbal. I, I just I'm just going to have to put it out here. I love how you're holding fast to this face-to-face thing. Like you are dog on bone with this, but, but, but anyways, you feel very strongly about this and I, I'm starting to come around. You have well, a convert on your hands. Okay.
2: Right. And I, so what I'm saying is that the easiest way to develop a connection with someone is face-to-face
0: mm-hmm.
2: technology has its place in the process for sure. We can we can hardly escape it in today's society but ultimately the value of face-to-face communication, and this includes using Zoom to have conversations or meetings,
1: mm-hmm. can't
2: be overstated. It's possible to form a connection with someone online, but it's incredibly difficult if your communication is exclusively online.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I have a, I have a quick question. And Thank that you. is, are we saying that Zoom is an adequate substitute for face-to-face or are you saying like in real life? is? I'm, it, I'm mm-hmm.
2: saying that, It is preferable to text or messaging in that Mm -hmm. you can see people's facial expressions and you can see if they're paying attention to you when they're talking, um, versus, uh, versus, you know, text windows, which again, gets us back into that, uh, asynchronicity and invisibility.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: And I mean, ultimately that's going to lead us to helping connect authentically. Right. We are authentic. We're other focused and we express empathy with one another this is the easiest when you can see the person you're talking to right so whether that's zoom or whether that's face to face now face to face is prefer- preferable i think because there are so many other non-verbal cues that you might not get on zoom but zoom is better than nothing I but agree. Yet, yeah that's the it's just easier when you can see the person you're talking to you can see them paying attention to you you can see their their reaction to things you tell them whether sure. it's whether it's um, alarm or uh, or sympathy or whatever it is that's that's how we take our cues from each other
0: sure I I definitely agree with you that a significant chunk of communications is in that in between and it's it's not necessarily um, in what is said as much as it is in what is not said and mm-hmm. how things are said sure and while I still seem to be hanging on to this idea that true connection is possible in cyberspace. I fully acknowledge that that is probably the introvert in me uh, (laughs) manifesting itself. And I think that is probably because being vulnerable is not easy. I I don't think it's easy for anyone. I definitely know it's easy for me. Um, It really runs counter to my brain. Mm -hmm. But I will say that in talking about this, I am starting to think about how I might reframe this in my own life. And instead of believing that connection is something that I earn by being quote unquote good enough, I think I'm going to start reframing it as something that I will develop when I'm willing enough, when I'm vulnerable enough.
2: That's it. That is a great way to approach making connections. I think you're, you're spot on and, and. And I think you've made a lot of progress on the topic today.
0: Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) And with that, I think we can put this topic to bed. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I think we've done yeoman's work here, yes.
2: Lovely. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. I'm Pete. Melissa and I will be back to discuss a new topic next week. Until then, we encourage you to think significantly about the world around
0: you. And we'd love to continue the conversation on social media. Tell us what you do to connect with others or, Tell us topics that you'd like to hear us talk about next. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ThinkSigPod or on our Facebook page by searching for Think Significantly.